Welcome to the Moonlight of Amuna, Parshas Kisisa. This week's learning should be a schos for Fur Shlema for Chanamash, Basvilchishmol, Shenazambi, Chabachab, and Achmordechim, and Afir, Lunishmas, Henibas, Chilmechel, and Ratzbas, Menachem Mendel. So we have a Pasuk at the beginning of the Parsha about the Machzas HaShekel. We know this is also going to be Parsha Shkolem, but it says in the Pasuk, Everybody who comes, who's counted, should give a Machzas HaShekel, a half a Shekel, B'Shekel HaKodesh, of the Holy Shekel. Esrim Geira HaShekel, the Shekel weighed Esrim Geira, Machzas HaShekel Trumal Hashem. So the Gemara in Shkolem tells us, and there's a Medrash tells the same thing, a Medrash Tanchuma, that, uh, that, that Moshe Rabbeinu had a trouble understanding what the Machsa Shekel was. So Hashem says that, so Hashem shows Moshe Rabbeinu a Matbeah Shalesh, a coin of fire, and he takes it out of under the Kisei HaKavad, and he shows it to Moshe, and he says, Zayitnu, that's the Pasuk that we just quoted, Parak Lamed, Pasuk Yud Gimel, Zayitnu, that like this you should give. So asks for Moshe Feinstein, he says, I don't understand. This, the, the, the measure sounds very nice, very interesting that Moshe didn't understand what a machza shekel was, but it doesn't really make sense because Moshe was a person of, uh, was a very wise man. Moshe Rabbeinu was a very wise man. We know that the Gemara questions whether Shlema Melech was actually wiser than Moshe or not, right? Moshe was a wise person. And who's teaching Moshe Rabbeinu? Who's Moshe Rabbeinu's Rebbe, Kaviochel, uh, as is? Who's his Rebbe? It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So Moshe is the best student, and he has the best Rebbe. So what does it mean that he had a hard time understanding about the Machsa Shekel? We understand the Pasuk tells us it was Esrim Geira. It was a Shekel that was made out of a certain weight, of, of metal, right? So even a regular person can understand how big that is, right? You take the weight, you figure it out, it, it, it's not so hard. So how, why was it so hard for Moshe? And we know also the similar Midrashim, similar Chazals about the Menorah, that Moshe couldn't understand how to make the Menorah. And again, the same question comes, Hashem is the one explaining it to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was a very smart man. So how is it possible that Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't understand this? Give me blueprints, give me designs, I can understand this. So if Moshe Feinstein, uh, offers two explanations, each one more beautiful than the next. Not sure which one is, is more beautiful, but really uh, uh, both very, very strong ideas in how we're supposed to serve Hashem. He says the first one, the, for his first approach is that Moshe Rabbeinu had a hard time understanding that how is a person supposed to be, a, we know that our purpose in this world is to serve Hashem, to be Oivde Hashem, and to learn Torah. How is it possible with all of our physical needs, with all of the physical needs and all of the physical things that distract us in this world? Right? If a person is going to take care of his needs, he has to go to work, he has to take care of paying the bills, he has to take care of his family. How is he going to have time to serve Hashem? Housing of time, and more than that, all the distractions in the physical world, all the physical tivus, all of the illicit desires, all of the things that a person, or even the things that are not illicit, things that are 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 per- perfectly permissible. But if a, a person is distracted by all of the things in this world that this world, that the physical world has to offer, therefore Moshe Rabbeinu said, "I don't understand how is it possible for a human being to be an Ovid Hashem in this world with all of the physical requirements and all of the physical things that are drawing him." And this Hashem showed him, said, "I'm going to teach you the." Lesson. Lesson. It's the machzis shekel. It's a half a shekel. It's specifically a, a half a shekel. It's not a smaller coin that has the weight of a half of a shekel, but it's a half of a shekel, meaning that a person is only supposed to spend a portion of his time on his gashmias. Yes, of course, we have to go to work. We have to take care of our families. We have to do all of the things that the physical world requires uh, for uh, of us. But 
We don't put more time than necessary. We don't spend more of our brain power on that than necessary. A person doesn't over, overdo it. We have to do what we need to do, but within reason. We're supposed to only give half of our focus to our physical life. Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu when it comes to, to, to taking care of the physical things, right? The Masa Shekel went to the physical structure of the Beis Amigdash. It went to the, it represented the physical things. You only give half of yourself to your physical needs in this world. And then a person will have plenty of time to serve Hashem as well. And that's the balance that Hashem wants us to have. Half a shekel is for our, our obligations in this world, and we are. Hashem created us this way, that we're human beings, and we have obligations in this world, and we're supposed to enjoy this world within halachic parameters, but only half. It's not supposed to take over our entire lives. Our entire lives are not supposed to be work and business and physical pursuits, but it's only supposed to be half. And the other side is also true. Even when it comes to, to avoid this Hashem, a person could think, you know what, I'm going to give all my money to tzedakah. I'm going to use all my money for mitzvahs. I'm going to use all my money for things. That's not what we're supposed to do either. We're supposed to take care of what we need to take care of, give half of ourselves to avoid this Hashem. And I'm not, I don't, we're using half in a very, in a very, um, fungible way. It, it, it depends. It may depend. It may be different from day to day at different times in our lives. Sometimes there may have to be more of a focus on one or the other. But the point is, we're supposed to divide our lives. We're supposed to understand that we have a chiv to take care of our physical life and and when we take care of our physical life we do that l'shem shemaim so that we can serve Hashem then it all becomes really it all becomes the single shekel the unified shekel and we spend half of our time on on ruchnias but even in ruchnias a person shouldn't say I'm giving everything everything uh uh, to, to avoid this Hashem, and I'm not going to worry about what I'm going to eat tomorrow. I'm going to give everything away. No, we're supposed to be balanced. It's supposed to be half and half. Again, using half in a very in a very loose way, and we're not supposed to put everything into the physical world either. We're supposed to put half into the physical world, half of ourselves into the spiritual world, and that way we live a balanced life. And everything then is l'shem shemayim, and then we're serving Hashem completely, even in the times, even in the half of our lives that is focused on the on the uh, on the gashmias. Okay, that's answer number one that of Moshe offers. Number two is, he says, that think about the menorah. We said there's two things that Moshe didn't understand. So the first explanation really just dealt with the shekel. The second one is the menorah. The, the menorah. What's what's the point? If you just look at a menorah, what's what? If, without knowing any of the deeper meanings of a menorah, what's the point of a menorah? The point of a menorah is to give light. A lamp gives light, right? We light Shabbos candles. It gives light. We, a menorah, lighting a fire, lighting lighting a candelabra, gives gives light. So Moshe didn't understand the menorah, not how to build the menorah. But what Chazal tells us, Moshe didn't understand the menorah. He said, "When do I need the menorah to give light?" Right? The Gemara in Yuma tells us that that uh, that the Daf uh, Tesvav says that the uh, that the menorah was the last thing done in the base of Mikdash. After all the other avodah, even after the Ketores, which was the last of the Karmanis that was brought, then we lit the menorah. But the menorah was still lit when it was daytime. It was lit. It was lit at a time when it was still light outside. So that means at that time we didn't need the light of the menorah. And even in the morning, when they were cleaning out the menorah, nobody needed the menorah at that point. It was light. Yes, it stayed lit all night, but the time of the of taking care of the menorah, when we lit it at night and when we cleaned it out during the day, that was all during the daytime. We, we had, and even even at the beginning of the morning when they were cleaning it out, the mizbech was lit, there was fire there. You didn't really need the light of the menorah. The menorah didn't wasn't serving a purpose of lighting something up for the kahanim to do the malacha. The Avodah, I'm sorry, not Malacha, the Avodah. And Moshe had the same question. So in other words, we're lighting the menorah, it doesn't seem to be necessary. 
And the same question Moshe had by the Machsa Shekel. That's why these are the two things that Moshe, it says Moshe couldn't understand. Because what is the Machsa Shekel? They contributed a Machsa Shekel, a half a Shekel to the Beis HaMikdash, either at the beginning to build the Beis HaMikdash or later on for all the Karbanas and all the things that would be taken care of the Beis HaMikdash. So you're donating money to Hashem. Hashem has all the money. Hashem has all the all the Kesef and all the Zav, our, our, our Shali, Hashem says, right? So Hashem doesn't need it. Hashem has plenty of ways to make, to, to, to get the money. So what is it that I'm really giving? I'm lighting a menorah. We don't need the light. I'm giving a shekel that Hashem doesn't need. Hashem has all the money in the world, right? And this was a question that was the, that the Gemara in Baba Basha tells us that Turnus Rufus Harasha asked asked this question. He said that if Hakadosh Baruch Hu made somebody poor, how do you have the right to give him tzedakah? Hashem could give him parnasa. The fact that Hashem didn't give him parnasa seems like he didn't want him to have parnasa. So how are you coming along to give to give the person tzedakah to give him uh, parnasa? Explains Rav Moshe Feinstein that this is the concept that a person has to know when it comes to serving Hashem. That it's our job, that, a per, uh, that our job is to do whatever we can avoid this Hashem, even though it doesn't feel like I'm accomplishing anything. Even though it do, nothing seems to change. I don't change anything, Lamaisa. I give tzedakah even though I know that Hashem's going to take care of this Ani. I light a menorah even though it doesn't seem like anybody needs the, needs the, the light. The point of avoid this Hashem, of serving Hashem, is the actions that we do, not the the results. The results are not our business, right? We do what Hashem told us to do, right? We have to we have to do the action with the with in mind that whatever that the result is whatever Hashem says the result is. So we light a menorah to add light. I it doesn't look to us like it adds light. That's not our business. We light the menorah to add with all of the enthusiasm, with all the excitement to bring light into this world, even if it doesn't look to us like it like it's bringing any light into the world. What the result is, what Hashem's plan is, that's not our problem. That's not our business. And that's what we light a menorah, even though it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like uh, we, we, anybody needs this light. And we give tzedakah, even though Hashem could, could have all the all the money for the base hamikdash and the carbonus and tzedakah without us. And he points out that the Gemara in Chulin and Daf Kufla Mites tells us that in when it came to uh, the the uh, the when, when they gave money, a person gave money for the for the for the purpose of the Beis Hamikdash, and he said this certain thing: "I'm going to give a certain item of mine to the Beis Hamikdash," and then that thing gets lost or it gets stolen. I don't have to replace it. Why? Because I already did what I had to do. Hashem wants me to go through the action. I set this thing aside. Something went wrong. That's not my. I had the proper desire. I had the proper cheshek. I had the proper enthusiasm and I did the Misa. It didn't work out that that money ended up being in the in the in the base of English's coffers. That's not my problem. And this is different than sometimes. Sometimes if I bring a carbon, if I said I'm, I'm going to bring a carbon, an oil, a shlamim, and it gets lost, I have to replace it because there, there's a different plan. There, there it has to do, I need I need to have the result because Hashem wants me to actually bring the carbon. But when I give something to the base, there's just a specific item and it disappears, then what I did was I designated this item. So it doesn't always have to, the results that we see, the results that are obvious to us are not always the results that are the, that are the point of the mitzvah. We're coming up, we just had Purim Katan, we're coming up to Purim. We see this also when, when Esther tells Mordechai that she's nervous about, about going to Achashverish, what does Mordechai say to her? In Perak Dalit, Pasuk Mordechai says to her, if you don't go, if you don't go to the king, the Jews are going to be saved anyway. So what's, what's Mordechai telling Esther? Mordechai is telling Esther, your job is to go. Right now you are put in a position that you are the one who is in a position where you have the ability to make a certain hishtadlis to save the Jewish people. I have no doubt that whether you do it or not, the results are going to be the same. But that doesn't alleviate your obligation to go and try. That's when we do a mitzvah, 
How it's going to work out at the end, that's not our business. Whether Esther was going to be able to bring about the Yeshua or not was not was not the case. So therefore, Esther maybe was thinking, why should I go and risk my life? The, 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 the Yeshua will come anyway. Mordechai is telling Esther very clearly, you have to go do your part. What the results will be, that's all in Hashem's hands. How the results will work out, that's in Hashem's hands. Our job in Avodah Hashem is to do what we are in a position to do. And that, he says, Rav is what the, the, the Chazal tell us, that this third base of Migdash will come down from Shemaim. We're not going to build it like we built the first two Batei Migdash. Says Rav Moshe, so what is it that we, what is it, it's, it, but it's going to be considered as if we built it. Why? Because we have to want it. We have to want it. We have to want it. And that's what Hashem says our job is. When it came to the first base of Migdash and the second base of Migdash, there were things that we had to do physically. When it comes to the third base of Migdash, says Hashem, when you want it badly enough, that's when I'm going to bring it. And then I'm going to consider it as if we, as if you built it. Right, so with the situation that we're going, I'm, I'm concluding. I'm about to head to the airport. A ten day trip here in Eretz Yisrael. Everybody feels this desire now for the third base of Migdash. If we didn't feel it in our, our whole lives till now, we feel it now. We know what's going on in Klal Yisrael. We feel the tsar of Klal Yisrael, but we also know that this is going to be the beginning of Hashem bringing down that third base of Migdash. Our job now, unlike what the people who built the first base of Migdash and the second base of Migdash, is to want it, to daven for it, to ask for it, to beg Hashem to give us the third base of Migdash, and. That's why we know that the halacha is that nowadays we don't have karbanas. So our davening, our saying the karbanas, our saying the words of the karbanas is as if we brought the karbanas, right? That I'm saying the karbanas is nechshevas kilu hikravnu carbon. That when by saying the words, we it's like we brought the carbon. That's not just like a nice thought, says Ramayshe. Ramayshe's words, I'll tell you his words. He says the enzerak malitza baalma. It's not just like a nice idea and it's like a like a cute a cute vart, right? Because then it would be. He says if that's all it was, then it would be a tefillah shav. It would be a waste of tefillah. You're not allowed to just say brachas and say Hashem's name. With, with, with we say Hashem's name in karbanis many times. You're not allowed to do that if it was if it was just like a nice idea. So he says what it means is that we do whatever we can. When we had a base hamikdash, whatever we can was to bring karbanis. Now the best thing we can do is to say it and to want it. Right? It's not enough just to say it, but we want it. When we say karbanis in the morning, we say Hashem, I want to be able to bring this carbon. Right now I can't, but I want to be able to bring this carbon. That is what we can do now. The results are not all are not our cheshben. And that's what Mordechai was warning Esther. Uh, Mordechai said to her, If you hold back at this time, right? Esther seems to have a good argument. Uh, why do I have to do anything and risk my life? It's going to get done anyway. Mordechai says, no, that's not our cheshben. Our cheshben is we have to do what we're in a position to do. And therefore he tells Esther, if he says, if you hold back, you and your fa- father's household will be lost. Even though I, the, the results will be the same, it's going to come anyway. The answer is that that's not your cheshben. If you didn't do what you could have done, if you didn't do what you could have done, then you and your father's home will be will be lost. And even when it's very little that we can do, we have to do it with excitement, with enthusiasm. We have to do it like we really mean it, right? We have to we, not like we we have to really mean it, right? That that's why both the both the menorah and the shekel and the machza shekel, Hashem showed to Moshe with a fire. He right, he showed him matbeya shel esh and the menorah. He told him to throw it in. It comes out of the fire. A person has to do it with fire. Whatever you can do. Moshe Rabbeinu, you don't understand things, but but you do it. You do it with a fire. You do it with excitement. You do it. You do it wholeheartedly, and then I, then I will take care of the results. Says says Hashem, and then it's not it's not your cheshbon of how it's going to happen, what, how it's going to work out. You do your part, and then it's go it's going to come through. So we know now. We all we're all over the last few months. We're all sitting here wondering what can I do? What can I do? And sometimes we have the ability to do something for Eretz Yisrael, to do something for for the Chayalim, to do something for Klal Yisrael. 
And that's great. We have to do whatever we can. But even when we can't, we can daven. And we can daven with an ash, with a fire, with a madbeya shal ash, with a fire, with the fire of the menorah. We could, we could daven for it. We could think about it. We can ask Hashem for it. And when we do that, we're doing everything we, we can. Then Hashem brings the third base. We should see it from here. I wish you all a beautiful, wonderful Shabbos.